Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. On this week's Something to Think About, we are continuing our walk through Luke, and I have to be honest, this section was a little more unfamiliar to me than some of the parables we've been talking about in previous weeks. I I hope I'm not the only one <laughs> that thinks that, but uh, after hearing some of the more, I guess, famous or, or well-known uh, parables in recent weeks, this one kind of is sticking out to me as, as something I'm less familiar with. And it was really interesting to me to just kind of get a little preview for it. So I am excited uh, to dive into it deeper in discussion next week and to hear uh, the sermon this week. So if you have questions, uh, again, I hope I'm not the only one. (laughs) If you have questions, feel free to contact us and we will definitely uh, discuss those and include them on our Something to Talk About episode for Give an Account, which is this week's message. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, so this week we are uh, diving into Luke chapter 16, and you informed me a minute ago that we're probably not going to get all the way through 16 this week, but yeah, no, we I are. don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna try and take that on. There's too much content, so if we were to try to go through all of it, um, we'd be here all day on Sunday. So <clears throat> there's enough just in this to to be able to break it down, and there is a there's a big picture. Uh, you and I were talking off air as if this is air but you know off ether um we we were talking about the fact that this is part of a teaching section in luke and so if you if you have a red letter bible you right i'm looking at your bible right now and there's a lot of red going on yeah because there's not really a change in action there's not really a change in scenery the focus is on the teaching aspect and so we see a lot of parables one of the differences between like luke and say mark um between, I wish everybody could see the gestures <laughs> here as, as I'm fading farther away from the microphone. The so. <laughs> but one of the one of the differences we see between Luke and Mark, uh, Mark is is obviously a much shorter gospel. It's only 16 chapters, and it's. I think you say Mark was a much shorter person. He was. was. He's a How little guy, know? just like Zacchaeus. Anyhow, he was a wee little man. Uh, Mark wrote a wee little book. <laughs> Stop it. This is just There's a wee silly. little book Mark wrote. <laughs> this is just silliness. What is wrong with me? We only got 10 minutes. Let's so anyway, as you look at Mark, there's a lot more emphasis on the doing, a lot of action, a lot of, of quick hitters. And we still got the parables in there, right. but the focus is much more on the healings, the miracles, the doing, um, and then uh, getting into Passion Week. So in Luke, um, it's a whole different dynamic. So we see... Especially in the early uh, chapters of Luke, we see Jesus clearly identified. We see the miracles establishing that. Um, we see the the pattern that Jesus will continue to show, and we just saw this in, in recent chapters of the compassionate heart, the the heart for those who are lost, who are outside of Israel. That mm-hmm. he's, he's reaching out to Gentiles, he's reaching out to tax collectors and sinners, he's reaching out to the sick and and the downtrodden. Uh, and so Luke really emphasizes that a lot. And because he's laying a foundation for the faith, and, and that was his purpose from the outset, I want, I want to write this so that you can know the certainty of what you've been taught, he focuses a lot more on the teachings of Christ along with it. Both perspectives have the teaching and the activity. Lucas, Lucas, my 
I call my uh, nephew Luke Lucas a lot of time. Talk uh, Luke on a, Lucas on a very formal actually, basis. It actually literally is Lucas, but that's I'm not sure really the point. Um, <laughs> Luke, it's like you're reprimanding him. <laughs> Lucas. As, as Luke is going through his, uh, his gospel here, this, the emphasis is on a fuller development of the teachings in a lot of ways. Fitting so, considering his profession. Yeah, it, you know, that's... That's what I like about Luke. That's what I like about you, Luke. It, it is pretty cool to see how the different personalities of the writers come right. through. It's inspired scripture. It's inspired uh, teaching. What God has told them to write, they write. Mm-hmm. But God uses their human personalities and backgrounds mm-hmm. to be able to bring out different nuances uh, for each of us. So <clears throat> as we... Um, <clears throat> pardon me. As we get into 16, we go from these very clear and, and obvious parables, well-known, and there's a reason that they're much better known than the parable in 16, because 16 is harder. It's just, it's tougher. When we get to this parable, it seems like Jesus is saying something that's out of character. In chapter 15, we see the parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost coin, parable of the lost son, all saying God has a heart for uh, saving the lost, and the point that Jesus is making is if we're on board with him, if we belong to God, then we also need to share his heart. And then he goes into 16 and he tells his disciples, that's significant because he's not telling this to the crowds. He's not telling this to the Pharisees. Hmm, okay. uh, he's not telling this to lost people. He's telling this to those who are following him. Um, that what sounds like he's saying, uh, lie, cheat, and steal, and, and do that kind of stuff. Now, that's obviously not what he's saying because Jesus is without sin and doesn't teach sin. If everything that he does is in keeping with the will of the Father and to draw people closer to God the Father, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time clearing my throat right now, Uh, then it's unthinkable that Jesus would encourage people to do things that dishonor the Father for the sake of honoring the Father, which is kind of where he's going here. So he's teaching this to his disciples, but as with all the rest of this, he's got others around. So maybe all of this is still taking pla- still taking place in the setting of chapter fourteen, where he is uh, at dinner at a Pharisee's house. Maybe it's not. The, maybe it is. It doesn't really clarify that for us. Okay. So it could have pressed on to a different location, uh, and because Luke's not really trying to make these things chronological, right. it may be entirely out of the chronology here. Okay. <clears throat> in any case, Jesus tells his disciples this parable with Pharisees and others listening. We know that because in verse 14, it says the Pharisees heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. And he said, then he responds to them. But the parable that he gives here is about a rich man whose manager, it's actually about the manager, but there's a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. Verse 2, so he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can't be my manager anymore. Uh, To paraphrase the teaching of the manager, he's like, oh no, now what am I going to do? I... I don't know how to do anything else. I don't know. I can't be a laborer. I'm not strong enough for that. I'm ashamed to be a beggar. So I got to do something or I'm going to be in the poorhouse. So before he gets officially fired after doing this, uh, he goes to each of his master's debtors. So he's, you know, he's making customer calls and he, he goes to the folks that owe his master debt. And he asks the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil. And he says, take it make it 450 so he he goes through all these debtors and he has them cut their bills in half why does he do that because he's trying to make them friendly toward him he's about to get fired Mm -hmm. so now what 
is going to rely on the hospitality of others. If I can get in tight with these folks by treating them extra well while I have this opportunity, then perhaps they will take me in. They'll look kindly on me. Maybe I'll get another job, you know, whatever. So he... Networking. <laughs> he, well, yeah, and he kind of cheats kind of his shady network. networking. It, it seems that way, doesn't it? So he's he takes these bills of the, what these people owe the master. The master's going to fire him because he's heard that he's wasting his possessions. Cuts the bills, so the master's only taking in half of what he was going to be taking in. And the master actually praises him for it, commends him for his shrewdness, is what it tells us here. Hmm. That seems very strange, yeah. doesn't it? So... Then Jesus says, um, verses 8 and 9, The master commended the dishonest manager. So he is actually using a dishonest manager. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Now, it seems extremely unlikely that Jesus is saying you should go out and be ungodly in your business practices. That seems to be... It sounds like he's contradicting right, everything I mean, that he's it sounds taught. like that is what he's saying. Um, but verse 9, he says a little bit more. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, when the wealth is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So verse 9 hmm. is going to be the key to everything that we see in the rest of it. He goes on to say in verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So here he's seeing, showing dishonesty is a bad thing. Right. If we just look at that, that parable and we don't look at the context of everything else, we don't look at the overall structure and see the point that he's trying to make, it's very easy for us to walk away from this with the opposite point of what Jesus is saying. And again, these are things that are written in Greek to a different people at a different time as Jesus is speaking to them, ostensibly in Aramaic. Uh, in all likelihood, it would have been in Aramaic. He's... This is then being translated, sure, written in Greek right. so that the masses can read it, translated from the Greek for us centuries later. It's easy for us to get off track if we miss the overall context, if we miss what's going on here. So in verse 10, he says, whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much, dishonest with little, dishonest with much. Uh, verse 11, so if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Speaking of heavenly wealth. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Then he throws in something that Matthew has in an, ent- an entirely different context. Perhaps it's just a repetition of Jesus saying the same thing. Perhaps it's Luke taking it and, and placing it here because of, of what Jesus is saying. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either, either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. So, Which I think is something we, people have heard. That's that's a right, and, and usually that's quoted the verse, from Matthew, right? Because in Matthew, it's a very clear context right. at that point. So if Jesus says it here, then it's flowing from this. If Luke inserts it here from a different context, it's still for the purpose of flowing with this logical, right. Right. rational progression of information. Right. So somehow that connects back to the parable that Jesus is saying what he is not saying is be dirty business people but he shows a clear delineation between earthly wealth and eternal wealth but he also at the same time is showing a connection because he's saying the people of this world 
are they're more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than than we are mm -hmm. and i'm telling you you need to use your worldly wealth whatever that might be you could include power and influence mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in that uh, you need to use that to gain friends for yourself so that you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. This has something to do with eternal wealth, even though he's talking in terms of earthly wealth. So there's, uh, there's a difference, and yet there's a connectedness, hmm. and we're going to need to see that. It, it ticks off the Pharisees. They dig the money. Verse 14, the Pharisees who love money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. NIV has a, uh, a, a break there. It goes to additional teachings, uh, but there's no, no break in the original. So from there, we'll, we'll probably end there on Sunday and, and look at that, that like as a piece. That seems like enough for one week. <laughs> yeah. It'll take us a little while to develop it, and yeah. then we'll go into the other teachings. And then after we look at these smaller pieces, then we'll come back and kind of see what's the big picture. What's what's sure. Jesus saying through all of these things? Well, I'm interested in, in hearing more about this. This is more unfamiliar uh, to me, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the message and talking more about it next week. Um as always, that's a plug. Uh, if you guys have any questions ever, feel free to contact us, something real at reallifeonline.org. You can leave a message on the Real Life Facebook page. Uh, you can send a voicemail if you listen through the Anchor app. Uh, we're all about questions because I often ask stupid questions. Well, and the questions are really huge. It's, it's really easy for us to feel like, you know, I don't want to ask that question. It's right. a dumb question. <laughs> this is a chance for you to be able to do it relatively anonymously. anonymously. Right. But, We're not going to call you out. But more than that, well, Stacy might. Know. I might. So the, <laughs> I'm like the Tom Holland of this podcast, <laughs> nice. just releasing spoilers all over. So the, the, the whole idea of asking the questions is because if you have that question in your head, even if you think, oh, man, that's just a dumb question. I'm or sure I nobody should know else that is. or whatever. I'm right. telling you, there are other people who are asking the same question, who are thinking the same thoughts, and also afraid to ask. So if we get the questions out there, then we can wrestle through them, and everybody benefits. There are no stupid questions. The stupid question is that. the one you are refusing to ask. True that. So with that, we will leave it for today, and we'll catch you guys later.